From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello and welcome to this Foot 21 Features Reveal Special. We covered gameplay last week. Expected to have a little bit of a break before we got into Foot News, but Foot 21 Reveal has come out this week and we can bring you what has been said in the pitch notes and in their reveal. I should start by saying it feels like for some of this stuff, there are more questions uh, than answers in this pitch note. Unlike last week where I was able to just read through and give you quite clear information about how things were changing in terms of gameplay. A lot of this stuff is less clear and there are some useful images which you might want to see in that pitch note that they put out. But there's still a lot of questions to be answered and a lot of this will only really be understood when we get hands on with the game or obviously when we get more information about content because that is a big factor in this. For now though, we will discuss the headline features. I'll read through some of the pitch notes as well. There is some very interesting changes coming and some very, very useful ones too. So let's start off uh, by introducing our panel this week. We have, first of all, Japes. Hello again. Hello, glad to be back. This time excited to talk some foot and you're spot on, Ben. A lot of stuff not so clear. One thing that is clear, can we get a moment of silence quickly for fitness items? Yeah. They're gone. Uh, just, just, <laughs> I'm not staying silent. <laughs> I mean, I think this is yeah a moment of celebration for everyone. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a sec, but I think you've explained that pretty well there. That's one of the simple parts of this. We'll introduce our other guest then. You heard Matt there, Matt, for trading. How are we? I am very well, Ben. I'm excited to finally start uh, talking some FIFA 21. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we will also have for this podcast the Australian tones of Marcus Gomez. Or Marcus Gomes, even. Marcus Gomes. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's uh, early morning hour, just past 6am. But I'm really looking forward. There's a lot to dive into in these uh, pitch notes. And 21 Hype's really starting for me now at this point. uh, Marcus, last time you were up at what, like 3am talking to us? I think 3am. This time, yeah, this time has been a bit of a nap and then into the podcast. So, apologies, we've got a bit of a morning voice going on. But uh, (laughs) I'm up because there's just so much to dive into. I just couldn't. Couldn't say yeah. no to this one. Well, great. It's uh, it's great to have you. And Marcus is, of course, a pro player for Melbourne City. And there's plenty to talk about around that, actually. So we'll get into that, too. I'm sure you'll know Matt Foot Trading as well, listeners, as he is a, well, more of a trading expert, more of a content man. But Marcus loves his content, too. So both very informative people to have on this week's pod. Let's get into the pitch notes then. Well, actually, let's start with icons, because that's nice and simple. We've got... Uh, how many new icons have we got? We've got. There are only two that matter, and that's Fulblom <laughs> and Bastian Schweinsteiger. And it'll be great to celebrate them in the game as Bayern go on to win the Champions League. That's that's what you were really getting at, you right? Kind of, I was going to set you, you up go. for that, but you just did it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> some things are just natural, you know. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's a there's a Bayern focus here. You got Lahm and Schweinsteiger, but we've also got a couple of other interesting players here. Matt, is there anyone that you're particularly excited for? Puskas. 
Absolutely. He was one of the, the older icons that I really wanted to see. So yeah, I think he's going to be a, a really top tier card that people are going to be going to be looking for at that higher level. Philip Lahm, I think, you know, as long as they don't kill him on the pace, I think could be a, a very good option. You know, potential for a maybe a fullback to a, a midfield role in that one. But then probably Fernando Torres, he's got to be got to be my, my my final pick of the bunch really i think he's going to be he's going to be a really really good card and, and someone that i can't wait to use but also trade with in the in the next market mm-hmm. and i think it's worth saying there's a strong recent icon focus isn't there marcus some of these players were playing fairly recently yeah i think that's just to appeal to the i guess the younger generation um it's really good, especially for people that follow the Premier League. They're going to love this. I'm actually, it's a bit weird, but I'm looking forward to check. I just think more mm. options that goalkeeper can hopefully lower the price of all these icon goalkeepers altogether. And mm-hmm. I can see him being very good at game. He's always been quite good on FIFA. The one I'm probably most excited for, Xavi. Uh, I hope mm. he they do him justice with his stats. And then obviously, of course, Torres and Eto, they're going to be unbelievable up top. Schweinsteiger, I'm looking forward to Lams midfield version of his card as well so really good inclusions for me eh? to be honest really good yes yeah. and the ones we haven't mentioned obviously we talked about Cantona the other week Ashley Cole yeah he'll be all right I guess they like to squeeze in English icons where they can and uh, I guess a left back will be somewhat useful because there aren't many yeah I think the the left back inclusion is super nice as uh it's felt like there have been limited options although uh, you know talking more about Philip Lom, I would not be entirely surprised if he had a baby version that's a right back a mid that's a left back and I, I don't know because he's played left back um for Bayern or for excuse me the German national team right back for Bayern and then of course like holding midfield as well so it'll be easy or it'll be interesting to see how they decide to kind of distribute these position change cards but I you know you've you got to feel like there's a maybe it's the prime and prime moments that are right back Mm. I'm really hoping you know with this player personality idea that they're going into that some of these players that were that had some of the intangibles are going to actually feel good in the game. And so a lot of these inclusions to me right now, I'm really, really hopeful about, even though they wouldn't have been quote unquote meta in past years. Mm. And in terms of defensive personality, Vidic will be a really interesting one for this, won't he? Because he was never the fastest. The max I could see his pace being is probably about 80, if we're being realistic. I don't think his past FIFA cards have ever had more than maybe even 70 five pace or something like that so it'd be interesting to see if he's usable whether he's effective with the changes to heading maybe that'll be a factor another one and maybe a slightly more interesting one from a gameplay perspective although obviously a big Vidic fan would be Davor Suka he is decent physical presence four star four star and actually had very solid defensive stats for a striker and that's based on his previous legend card that he had in the past, which was actually the first icon I ever packed uh, many years ago. And for a long time, it was the last icon I packed as well. Interested to see how he looks when he returns, especially this moments version, which will be better than anything we'd seen before. But I wanted to ask you, Japes, about Schweinsteiger, because interestingly, I guess he would have a right mid card. Uh, yeah, his baby card, I'd imagine. Slow, maybe? Uh, he was, I mean, he was, he was quicker than people remember him as further into his career but you know like David Beckham was not the paciest yeah. right mid either so yes he should have a right mid card that should undoubtedly be his baby version mm, nice 
And Puskas, Matt, I mean, what kind of player would people who maybe aren't familiar with him expect from that card? I wouldn't necessarily put him up there with the likes of R9, but in terms of shooting ability, I think, you know, he's going to probably have one of the best shots in the game. Mm. Um, obviously going to be very quick, quite agile, strong as well, if I remember correctly. You know, I haven't watched him play, but I've, I've read up a lot about him doing various icon wish lists and whatnot. Mm. In terms of rating, I'd I'd be very surprised if he didn't get at least a 94 or 95 on his prime version. So mm-hmm. he's definitely going to be right up there in, in terms of the, the top tier icons and is certainly going to be uh, a very expensive card in the next uh, in the next year nice and a weird thing about him right is he played for spain as well as hungary so yeah he was it was the same with um him and uh di stefano they both had that um dual nationality uh going on yeah so. technically i mean he don't think he played enough for spain for it to happen but he could almost have a, a spain card for the end of his career as well which would be quite funny but yeah anyway let's get back into more foot specific chat those are the new icons obviously as i said cantonar is another one um let's talk through the first element of this pitch note which is co-op what we understand from the way that co-op is going to work you are going to be able to add your friend into your game session and your friend who joins your game session will not have control of the setup of the session you get to pick what squad you use those kind of things and something that's worth noting here is, let's say it's Japes and I, let's say Japes, he's in Division 1, I'm in Division 3, we'll be playing in Japes Division, so in Division 1. Whichever player has the highest rivals ranking, if you like, you'll play in their division. So that's kind of interesting. That's going to mean that it probably makes most sense for you to be playing with someone around your ability. Otherwise, it's going to be a big step up for someone. And that is the case, obviously, in Rivals, but you can also play this in Squad Battles. The key thing is, though, you won't be able to play, which is the strangest part of this, I'd say, in an Invitational Friendly. So if Japes and I wanted to play Marcus and Matt by invites, we wouldn't be able to do that. But if we were searching for games in Rivals or maybe we were searching in the regular friendly modes, we would be able to coincidentally match up against them, right? Obviously, you need to be on the same console, but we've also learned through a Q&A that came out that you need to be on the same generation of console as well. So Japes and I would both have to be on PS5 to play together. Yeah, and strange that as far as matchmaking goes, there's not an option to prioritize other 2v2 players. You search... And maybe it's in the, now, maybe it's in the code and it's just not that clear. But right now, from where we sit and where the community sits and anybody who's read through this, when you search as a 2v2 and rivals, you are put in the same matchmaking pool as somebody that's searching for a 1v1. Now, a single player can say, I'd prefer not play co-op teams, but as a co-op team, there's no way to say I'd prefer play other co-op teams and to me that's just that's just so odd because part of the fun of playing as a 2v2 is that you can play other people that are 2v2s as well and so i i just would for me it's like just a simple simple i don't know if it's an oversight or a miss to not make that the priority do you think i mean they didn't say this so 
maybe it isn't the case, but could it be that it automatically tries to match people up who have the same number of players? Mm. So it automatically tries to find 2v2 versus 2v2 and 1v1 versus 1v1. If that was the case, that would have been explicitly said. Yeah, you'd imagine so. Yeah. It's important to note that you can filter out 2v2 players if you want, right? So you won't be playing 2v2 players if you're an individual, if you don't want to. That is worth pointing out just for people who I know were concerned that maybe they would have to play players who are playing as a two and that can be more difficult if they're good players. So that's a positive, but there are still a number of quirks around this whole co-op element. While it's a great new thing to have in the game and there's no way that the game can be worse surely for having co-op, I think that there are a lot of elements here which feel like there's room for improvement certainly especially maybe that two versus two invitational friendly element which is going to prevent things like competitive 2v2 tournaments from taking place marcus yeah it's a big deal i think with uh e-club world cup practice or qualification one of the biggest and probably one of the best events to watch from a competitive and a casual standpoint not having that as an option or the qualifying system and even for practices a pretty big deal i'm extremely surprised that it's not in the game i thought it was just going to be a great feature that was going to be added on but as i kept reading i was like wait a second it's actually not there that is disappointing maybe it's something they add in but the fact that it's not in here now and the fact they've tweeted out saying that it doesn't support it just makes makes me see it's not going to be in the game this year so it's uh it's pretty disappointing but yeah and they said on twitter you know they're prioritizing the modes which are the most popular obviously the two that have been left out particularly invited friendlies and foot draft are probably the least popular i guess with friendlies invited friendlies those are the only part of foot i think which is done peer-to-peer rather than on a server so the players connect to each other directly i can imagine that could be a barrier for doing co-op games in some way but even then you know with the resources they have as i always say they should be pulling out all the stops to get that kind of thing in the game when it would be a fantastic way of involving multiple friends in a game and not just the two that can play co-op but yeah foot draft obviously is on servers so you wonder why that couldn't have been co-op it feels like a good candidate for it it's just frustrating because you look across the various modes and foot draft is probably the perfect one to have co-op four games probably takes what an hour and a half maximum to play four games perfect time to get a, a quick little session in with your mate Whereas Squad Battles, Division Rivals, to get the top rewards, you have to grind a ton of games. You have to play probably 30, 40 games of Squad Battles or Rivals every week to get the good rewards. I know personally, I'm probably not going to have many mates that would be able to dedicate time at the same time as me to play 30, 40 games every week to get the top rewards in co-op. So hopefully we'll see it in the future, included in draft. But for this year, it's a, it's a bit of a disappointment not to have it in there at launch. Yeah, we should point out, obviously you don't both need to play 30 games together. You can work on your score as an individual by playing co-op. So although your friend might not be able to play 30 games, they can play 10 games with you and then they'll get weekly score for each game based on their division and they'll be ranked based on their division. So it's going to be beneficial even for more casual players to jump into this and they'll get a smaller reward, obviously, than the more committed ones who go on to play more games on their own. But yeah, it's an interesting one. And I certainly have to say I'm positive about it because they have actually applied it to the game modes that people play the most. And 
also maybe don't find as fun is a complaint obviously that i've heard a lot this year and adding in that co-op element certainly can do that and i'm hoping that the addition of co-op will for people who play for with friends or with their community like the pod discord for example more enjoyable as a as an experience and i think there's also the fact that i think i mentioned a few weeks ago you can complete objectives through co-op so if japes has a player that is needed for objectives or he has an all brazil team but i don't then i can play with japes and we can complete that objective together and i don't have to build that brazil team that he has and vice versa so there are some big positives that are going to come from this but there are also things that are missing and and hopefully in the future we see this expanded and hopefully it's popular and people play it because that's what encourages them to do those things okay let's move on to something that's quite connected to this for events for events i'll read you what they've said playing together won't only take place on the pitch and head-to-head gameplay in for events you can collaborate and compete by completing objectives in game to unlock rewards as a community this year we're bringing two new types of events to objectives the first one being community events each player completes objectives in specified groups will contribute to a global xp pool as this pool of xp grows the community will progress towards thresholds that unlock rewards for everyone who's completed at least one objective in the event. So then you've also got team events. Team events will divide the community into different teams to compete head-to-head for rewards. Joining a team is easy. When you start the event, you'll be given the choice to support one of up to five teams, each with their own set of objectives and rewards. Teams can be crafted using any type of theme or competition. Are you Team Pele or Maradona, Premier League or Bundesliga, uh, robots, dinosaurs or sea monsters? Is uh, another one they're suggesting here. When it comes to choosing your team, don't worry about which one has the most members. Get behind your favourite team as the competition isn't about earning the absolute highest amount of total XP. Competitions are balanced based on which team's members are contributing the highest XP on average for the event. So once you've chosen your team, start completing the objectives to help your chosen side in the leaderboards. At the end of the competition, the winning team will be rewarded with new customization options to show off your allegiance and coins or packs. I think and or coins or packs. The type of rewards available will change with each event throughout the year. We've got some interesting competitions to deliver this year that I'm sure you will enjoy. And if your team doesn't win the competition, there will be consolation rewards. Um, With the new events in the game, objectives will be an even better way for players to connect on and off the pitch and start unlocking rewards together. Matt, I have to say, when I saw this, I thought this is going to be big for them in terms of marketing, social, all those kind of things. I don't know whether it's going to be something that really grabs the attention of your committed foot player. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit 50-50. When they first announced it, there was going to be like a new objectives mode, you know, with community goals, team events, that kind of thing. It sounded really promising. It could be really good. If it bridges that sort of Monday to Thursday gap in gameplay content that we have currently, and they keep it updated with, you know, new team events every couple of days with decent rewards, you know, packs, coins, maybe you'll play here and there. It will be a worthwhile mode. But what I will say is we said the same about milestones last year. We said the same about season objectives last year and it didn't necessarily deliver as expected. So I'm hoping that these community events, they're regular, they have good rewards. The objectives are, are fun and require you to fully utilize your club. It's not just, I'll oh, go and score 10 goals in rivals or things like that. It's going to, I want it to be regular rewarding mode that fills that gap between Thursday and Monday, really mm. in terms of gameplay content. And then Marcus, I mean, one of the criticisms we had, I think, 
Noss sent a question in, I suppose, is is everyone just going to go and try and pick the team? The example they've given is Team Haaland versus Team Jao Felix. Is everyone going to pick Team Haaland because they know all the pros are going to be playing as Team Haaland and therefore the average points are going to be higher? Do you think that people will start to try and play the meta with this uh, particular element? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> if we were there, the FIFA community, they'll definitely play the meta and people will try to work out. Maybe some content creators will try and influence it, but they won't have enough like sway. So, Yeah, I think that's the big thing. People will try to work out the meta of the best team to go to. But uh, hopefully the difference between the winning team and the losing team in this section of the community stuff isn't that much because... Like, imagine if it actually is close one of the weeks and you miss out on some big coin reward and pack reward. I hope the difference isn't too much. I'm really focused, as Matt was saying, on the community stuff where, I mean, they're showing now that Tifos are the best, like, stuff to get, but I really hope that they, they really give some good rewards for this. I mean, it's a win-win. We all do the objectives for the most part anyway, so if we get add stuff on top of that, then that's a bonus for me. But it's on EA to make this fresh, make, to keep it updated with things that are relevant in the game. So that's probably the biggest part because when you think about it, if they're doing it every single week, it looks like five days. If it's resetting every single week or maybe even every fortnight, um, that's a lot of weeks for them to make sure there's items there that are relevant and are worth yeah. it, the grind. I think one of the things to point out about community events, it's kind of like the current XP system, I guess, where you unlock things by completing objectives and gaining XP. But this is like a global version of it essentially so you will somewhat passively unlock these anyway because other people will be doing them and so the world will be gaining xp constantly so things will increase and in a way it will just be like a bonus thing and i don't know whether people will be sort of super concerned about it depending on what the rewards are i suppose and i think the team events element where you have to pick a side is maybe the more dynamic version where you can see things being a little bit more interesting and exciting it's not very clear how this actually works and we'll only know when we get it i don't know james maybe you still have some thoughts i think the only comment that i have is for people that are trying to game the system with like pros or content creators this is to me just going to be another one of those eye-opening moments for people take top 1000 players across like each console it's hardly going to move the needle i think towards one team or another and you're likely to see the players that are trying to game the system to like hopefully get a better one are going to be the ones jumping on boards with the pro and they're going to just bring down the overall score anyway so i i I think when it comes out just like you know freak what you feel do what you want and hopefully it's a pretty consistent update i think that's either gonna make or break this and i i really would like to see it tied to real life competitions whether that be champions league europa league uh match of the week something like that i think that would make it a lot of fun yeah definitely let's move on to another element which is pretty new as a concept we're very familiar of course with vanity items that's things like stadiums kits balls badges but this element of the game for fifa 21 has had a complete makeover it is very different to how it's been previously you're going to have your own stadium which you can upgrade it's a stadium that the foot team i guess have designed you can see the concept art in the notes and you can customize it you can add tiers to it 
you can unlock trophies which you can put by the side of the pitch so you'll be able to celebrate with the trophies that you've won things like that there's a lot of depth actually coming to the visualization of foot through this and i guess it will add a new element to customization and objectives and rewards i'm personally not a huge fan of vanity items it's never been something that i've been that bothered about but that was partly because it was pretty vanilla like there was only so many things you could do with it i think actually if you look at the screenshots here you look at some of the content and the way they're displaying it it actually has more meaning and will have more attention paid to it than you'll see on anything that we've seen in the past i suppose it is brand new and i guess they had to replace those fitness items impact somehow didn't they so <laughs> yeah yeah that was, there it is. Is. There that is. was the joke i was waiting for <laughs> it does look like a good addition i'm surprisingly excited i'm surprised because it's not normally something i'm into but matt what are your thoughts on this to be honest it, it might sound stupid but i'm this is like one of the things i'm most excited <laughs> for about the new season it's something so simple that we've been calling for for years just being able to customize your stadium and you know, if I want to have cream puff sitting on the corner flag, <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Like it's, I love. That there's so many opportunities with this now, and the fact that you can like upgrade your stadium as you unlock certain milestones and complete certain objectives. I love that idea. You know, it just it adds that feel of creating your ultimate team and your ultimate club. You know, this is the home of your team. You're able to make it the exact way you want. I think that's a, a really promising little addition. It's not going to impact gameplay and all the things that are going to really keep us engaged for the year. But I think as something extra to focus on, you know, you're not just building a, a squad of 11. You're also trying to like perfectly like create your ideal stadium as well. It just adds like that little extra bit of depth to the mode. And I should point out for those who haven't read the pitch note, you can still use the regular licensed stadiums and the unlicensed stadiums in the game as well. But this just means it's a, a way that you can go really heavy on the customization, but there is still the original pitches that you can play on that we've always had in foot. So yeah, Marcus, uh, I mean, this is quite fun. It's certainly not a negative if you like. No, 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 not at all. Um, I think it's something everyone always wants customization in foot. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that will uh, enjoy this. I'll mess around with it as well. I know for the competitive side of things, they're going to make you play at the official FEWC stadium. So we won't actually get to play on my stadium too much, but I definitely will customize my stadium to make it however I want. And a lot of artwork here in the show is quite a good amount of customization for someone that's just coming to the game. So good step towards more customization in Ultimate Team. Yeah, and it's actually worth pointing out that obviously you may end up not seeing your stadium so much when you're playing in competitive matches and you won't see your stadium when you're playing away, which might lead to a few more people playing at home or wanting to play at home so they can see their stadium but in saying that you'll also be able to see your stadium in the menus so you get the benefit of the customization even outside of the game itself and i think then that wraps us up for part one and we can get into part two with a focus on the changes to rivals so something a little different because as you'll know the pod is made possible by patron support it keeps the podcast running and it means I can put the same amount of time each month into the podcast. What it also does is mean any offer and promotion that I'm bringing you in one of these breaks is something that I genuinely think that you'll like. This one does only apply though to UK listeners, but I know from having them sponsor us before, plenty of you will be very interested. 
what they're offering our listeners is a box of eight craft beers sourced from some of the best breweries in the world and a copy of Ferment magazine as well as a snack completely free you only have to cover the postage which is just 5.95 so if you're interested you can head over to beer52.com forward slash foot so that's beer52.com slash foot f-u-t for those who maybe didn't catch this last time beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case of craft beer to every month each month's case has a different theme past themes have included beer from new zealand south africa korea and all over the us and europe they're passionate about independent brewing and the UK craft beer scene, which they're continuing to support throughout this difficult period. They've been generous enough to send me a box, and in this very warm weather, they've disappeared pretty quickly. They're an excellent selection of beers, some dark, some light, but if you prefer light, you can actually select that option when you sign up to get the box. You can also cancel at any point, so there's no long-term commitment involved. If it's something you're into, as I mentioned, go to beer52.com forward slash foot. So that's beer52.com forward slash foot. And very last thing to say is a reminder, UK only, and of course, 18 plus only, please drink responsibly. Right, let's get into the second half. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment and click your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than Copper Top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. That was the break and this is part two. We're welcoming back Matt Foot Trading. First, trademarked foot weekly break in quite a while how was that for you i'll tell you what the the fifa 21 foot weekly breaks they're the they're the best ones i've had to be honest we've really stepped it up in the in the new year it's it's, it's good i'm impressed ben really impressed great oh actually matt while we've got you of course you're running a giveaway on your twitter aren't you we should plug i that. certainly am i'm one of those you know retweet follow all that kind of stuff but <laughs> no, it's just to give back to the community and um yeah, we've uh, we've got a little giveaway going on there, so you can check that out. It's my pinned tweet at Matt Trading on yeah. Twitter. A few uh, little things to do to so win yourself a copy of FIFA 21. Yeah, and you very kindly included at Foot Weekly Pod as one of the accounts that people need to follow in order to enter. So if you already follow the Foot Weekly Pod, you're halfway there. Right, let's get into talking about rivals. Making changes to the mode seems to have been one of the focuses, and certainly to get more squad battles players into rivals and online what they've done here to do that is created a system whereby you can play your ranking matches through squad battles from my understanding of how this works because i'd heard a bit more about this it looks like you'll get this screen saying here's your division rivals placement opportunity once you've reached like a certain ability in squad battles so that people don't get put off going online by the like higher skill level i guess that's there for those of us who do play online mostly like myself well actually this should be good because it will encourage people to come into the mode and that is obviously going to be a good thing for everyone the bigger the player base the better and that element it should be pointed out isn't the only way to qualify for rivals you can still do it the usual way 
An important point on that is they've made improvements to the placement match logic through fine tuning to ensure that players end up in the right division for their placement skill every time, which for those who've started new accounts and those kind of things, you will probably know that actually it does feel somewhat random who you end up playing in those matches and where you end up placing seem to vary quite a lot. So it's good they've done that. One thing that they've changed about rivals, which is fairly significant, is the first time you reach, say, Division 2, you'll get a cash reward. And then the first time you reach Division 1, you'll get a cash reward, right? And they've shown it as 10k coins in the screenshot, but they have said underneath that the values shown are not final. So that's important to note because 10k doesn't seem like a huge amount for reaching Division 1. But what this actually means is when you play your placement matches, they've said that you are going to get all the coin rewards for the divisions below the one you place into. And this is obviously quite significant when you think about it for the start of the game, because if you place into Division 4, you're going to get the coin reward for Division 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, and 5, all in one chunk. And 4 as well. And 4, yeah, you're right, sorry. Will there be an issue, do you think? Because I know this year, one of the big things a lot of people and a lot of casuals have been doing is making a new account to do the starter SBCs, for example, to open those packs and get that initial coin boost and then, you know, not supposed to, but they do transfer it back onto yeah. their main account. I'm then wondering if you get a sizable coin boost for just finishing your, whether it's five or ten uh, placement matches, will people start doing these extra accounts to get that coin injection? Mm. So... Maybe that's something for, for EA to look into, and I'm sure they are going to be cracking down on that sort of thing next year, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, we're always saying we need good gameplay rewards, and, and this is just a little bit extra in Division Rivals to sort of incentivize and promote people going through those divisions. Matt, why are you telling people that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. Well, no, I mean, it's an interesting point. There's, they've certainly got to consider that. And unfortunately, that does make me think that we won't see such huge coin rewards than we might think, I suppose. Yeah. If the coin rewards are too little to matter, then it's going to it's kind of going to feel bad. Yeah, I think I think James has sort of hit, hit the nail on the head there. And a fundamental issue with rivals is that a lot of people only really play the mode for those objectives. You know, there's there's not really a great incentive to grind all week for the for the high rank rewards. Mm. If they make the coin rewards good, which I think they should, you know, it's a, it's a one time thing. Reward us with you know fifty thousand coins or something significant that makes you want to get there. Don't just give us you know ten thousand coins and an untradeable seven point five k pack. Yeah, on that on that same topic. There was no mention of relegation whatsoever, which is a little bit concerning with just how objectives worked with people constantly relegating to get easier time completing swaps and, you know, how that kind of all worked out with rivals being the primary game mode for objectives. So I I'm just kind of curious if there is will be any type of relegation penalty or if that's getting monitored at all or just what the plan is there. One thing I would say, Matt, you're a very good trader. Japes, you're actually quite a good trader as well, but also put a decent amount into the game early on. So the rewards for rivals are never going to be as significant to you both as they are to a lot of people who play the game. Definitely if they're playing an RTG, don't put any points in and don't really trade much, then the rivals rewards are more significant, especially in the first month or two. I think one thing that I believe about this year is that 
basically the content team and the people who design foot are different teams and i think this year the content team went in very hard on objectives in terms of the caliber of players that you could get through objectives especially towards the end and probably too early on made the discrepancy between the players that you could get through objectives and the rivals rewards too big and nobody was that bothered about sustaining their position in the divisions because actually the objective rewards were way better and if you drop down you could complete them quicker one thing i'd say is that i understand that statistically self-relegation is not as huge as people think and the data doesn't necessarily suggest that loads of people are deliberately relegating themselves i mean i have played people who are deliberately relegating themselves in rivals that's true but I think a lot of people do tend to float down the divisions while doing objectives semi-deliberately. Like they're not actively quitting out of games necessarily, but they're definitely not that bothered about winning and that drops their rivals ranking. So you can quite easily end up playing someone who should be much higher ranked. And I think the best way to prevent that from happening is to give them a reason to actually stay in the division that they should be in. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is that we see better rewards for rivals. The problem is... And this is purely speculation. I don't know whether this is their justification. The problem in previously was because there was no cap on the number of games, you basically had the rewards going to the people who just sat there and spammed games all week. And it also meant that you just had this huge volume of players who were just playing constantly in order to get to the top rewards. It maybe wasn't so skill-based as a result. And so players with a high skill, but less time, would drop down the divisions in order to complete objectives quickly because what they've done and it says here is made it so that you can only play 30 games that contribute towards your weekly score which is how you get your rewards this will potentially mean that those who can't play loads of games now feel like they do have a chance at getting good rewards out of rivals so that is my roundabout way of saying that while i don't think this is probably the silver bullet to stop people relegating to complete objectives it should motivate people to stay in their division and what it says here is as mentioned earlier another change that we're implementing this year is a cap on the number of games that will contribute to the weekly score accumulation in division rivals the change is being made after seeing positive results in squad battles as a way to ensure those who play in the division rivals weekly competition have a more predictable experience week to week now after completing your first 30 games of rivals the matches will stop adding to your weekly score through this change, players who play rivals more than 30 times per week can continue to make progress against objectives, earn higher skill rating and climb to new divisions, but they won't make it harder for players with tighter schedules to complete in the weekly leaderboard through their continued play. So that point about players with tighter schedules, in my opinion, they're particularly the ones that tend to relegate and want to complete objectives quicker by doing that. So maybe this will be a positive, but it's going to obviously take time to know that there is also now more ranks within the reward tiers i suppose so what they've said here is that splits the players a bit more uh, making their results and weekly matches a slightly higher factor in where they finish in the competition so that is my summary of where i think they're trying to go with this marcus you haven't said anything on rivals so far what are your thoughts on this overall as a change 
Well, firstly, I think all three of you actually hit the nail on the head in terms of all three different things. Matt, with the potential, uh, you know, coin boost situation, Japes, with uh, what he said. And then just then, as well, with the limit stopping people from potentially relegating and doing that, I didn't actually personally see that that way until just recently. So it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit as to why they put that cap on. I think, honestly, the rivals changes... Uh, pretty nice. I like the new tier, um, six to five. I hope it's like a, a good balance because there seems to be quite a big jump between the points you usually get from full champions on default and then to the higher ranks. Also with the coin thing as well, I agree with Matt, it really should be a high boost because it's a one-time thing. So it really should motivate people to actually try and get there uh, rather than just hanging out maybe in a couple of divisions where below where their actual skill is. I can see players complaining about how, oh, the better players are, you know, getting the advantage or players with super teams or mega teams at the start get even more coins, you know, the rich get richer, that kind of saying. But because it is a one-time thing, I can't really see it being a big deal. If it was a constant every time you win Div 1, I can see that obviously would be a massive issue. So I'm happy that they made it a one-time thing. But overall, overall, good changes. I mean, this mode has to, oh, I'm not going to say hard carry, but it's going to be extremely important midweek. So, yeah, they're really going to get... Mm. Yeah, we really need to see a reform in like what the objectives are, because if you're mm -hmm. trying to compete on the leaderboard and are in a high division and they're like, you need to score like 15 crosses or whatever, I mm. like it's going to feel horrible. It's going to feel horrible. So we will see how that plays out. But my whole thing is like you can either open up objectives to just about any game mode so people can try to complete them however they think is best and efficiently do it or just incorporate it into their natural gameplay whether that be weekend league or you know rivals or drafts or whatever it might be or you can have a dedicate more a, a more dedicated objectives game mode but i think that becomes tricky because they're talking about this this new game mode and if what it turns into is people just giving each other like wins or letting them complete objectives then like what's the point of objectives altogether you might as well just give the players the card so it's i think the the key here i think i'm okay with it being objectives being in competitive game modes but it, i want to see the objectives like win 15 games with six french players four italian players and one english player or something like that and have people get creative with squad building and the players that they incorporate in there versus being like score a, or 10 low driven crosses in this game mode mm. I, yeah. I just feel like yeah. the, the way that objectives are described needs to change and then it's okay but if it's you know you have to score 15 headers like that's going to be so annoying because then you're not playing competitive like you're not but you're not playing your best fifa if you're trying to force an action in the game i think one of the biggest things about this and something that again i mentioned earlier about the gameplay team the content team the content team make the objectives and it will be down to how they do the rivals objectives and whether they do actually put those more pernickety gameplay ones into other modes we shall see on that. One thing I did want to ask you, Marcus, is what are your thoughts on how things might develop in terms of rivals and weekend league? Someone like yourself is going to be playing it all, but not everyone is going to be able to do that. Certainly, it'll be interesting because potentially even for the more skilled players who just have slightly less time across a whole week, they might start picking rivals over weekend league, actually. 
yeah, I think you're just seeing a lot of people choose between because as, as Jason said before, the amount of rivals that you might potentially have to play is pretty pretty extreme for someone that's not doing this like full time or has a busy schedule like pretty much everyone. So mm. I, guess, I think you're gonna see a lot of people choose between both or focus. I probably I think they're probably gonna choose rivals over champs. It depends how good the champs rewards are again. And then mm. they'll play champs to get the auto qualification, um, which I assume will still be 11. Maybe they'll change it up. But I think you're definitely going to see people pick and choose. And I think the first few weeks will be people deciding which mode's better to grind. I'm going to assume it's going to be rivals because if there's a lot of objective work to do, you want to be spending your time in rivals doing that. Um, but then again, you can take the risk in a sense and go play champs and hope you get a really good uh, player pick or just a really good reward. So it's probably uh, pros and cons to playing each, but yeah, you're definitely gonna see people choose because that's a it's a lot of games to play, um, and rivals seems to be taking a bit more of a foothold, and they want. It's, I'm not sure if they want people to decide. I probably ideally they want people to play both of them, but it's just not gonna be possible for a lot of people. Um, so I can definitely see rivals being, as I was saying, like the mode where it's almost not becoming the main mode, but it's definitely taking a step up this year uh, in 21 in terms of being more more active throughout the whole week not just the monday to friday that's a good point i think there will be a new dynamic in a way you'll have people who are just going to commit to rivals play those 30 games across the course of a week and not actually enter foot champs who would have been entering foot champs potentially just foot champs each week um so that that is going to add a a difference to i think the way that people treat the modes but it also be interesting to see how that impacts what people do in rivals i guess because if a lot of people are completing their 30 games after those 30 games they're going to be playing not for wins but to increase their position in the divisions and actually if the rewards are good and people want to compete in rivals now they'll be more interested in doing that than they were this year but i do think it will somewhat change the dynamic of rivals how much it does that obviously remains to be seen. Let's get into our final bit of discussion on this pod, and that is the Foot Live Friendlies feature. This is something that initially I looked at it and sort of was like, oh, Friendlies, you know, not especially interesting, but I'll read you this and it may make sense why it's slightly more interesting than you first think. With Live Foot Friendlies, we're combining squad rules with the different house rules in Friendlies to create fun and diverse new ways to play that will be active for a limited time. Squad rules are team building requirements that force you to think about the type of team you're bringing into the match. As an example, they can be configured to simple rules like max three players from the Premier League or silver or bronze players only, as well as more advanced rule sets like max two from the same league, minimum chemistry 100. If you're looking for something more competitive, we will occasionally create live friendlies paired with objectives with a limited number of total games. So as an example, you may find an event with a max of four matches paired with an objective asking you to win a game. But there will always be a way to play the game in new and interesting ways. I, I actually think this is a decent addition. I mean, people have talked for a long time about how they want the daily knockout tournament pack. For those who are newer to foot might not know too much about that, but it was a knockout tournament, which was the qualification process to get into foot champs originally. For some players, it was very straightforward and they sailed through. Even myself as a sort of elite three gold one player, often I could complete a daily knockout tournament in under an hour because of rage quits early on. 
and that would be a very easy way to get qualification into the weekend league. It was removed and a lot of people complained about that who were more hardcore players for obvious reasons. It was good fun. It didn't have as much pressure as some of the other modes like rivals. But I should really point out why that was removed. I mean, I know I've probably talked about it before, but it is important to talk about it. And a lot of players who aren't represented very well on social media and around the community basically found this incredibly deflating and frustrating because they wouldn't even win maybe the first or second round of the tournament. And the only other things going on in foot were seen to be not as exciting and they weren't like the pinnacle of foot. And also what it meant is there were no great ways to really improve your skill and also get the kind of rewards you got through, say, knockout tournaments and foot champs. So Rivals was brought in to more closely match, I guess, people's abilities so that if you're starting out in foot, you would play easier opponents. You wouldn't just get smashed in a daily knockout tournament. The other side to that also is a question around objectives has always been well objectives they should have their own mode they should be completed a bit like they were i think it was two years ago in single matches which means that basically you get a random opponent right if you if it was single matches like it was back then and it's funny actually because we talked about this on the pod and someone did actually get in touch saying i am not a very good player when i would try and complete those objectives in single matches it would take me 40 games to complete them Whereas people like us on the pods uh, this week, it probably would take us maybe even three or four games or something. Because if you think that the people at the very bottom, they need to be matched up against people of their level to improve and to learn the game. So I wanted to put that bit in there because I think it's quite important because when we talk about this on the pod, often people write in and actually say, well, I'm actually not a very good player. And division rivals for me has been really good because at least I'm playing people on my level. And in all of that, the point I'm getting around to is daily knockout tournament although it was considered a sort of casual mode for your very hardcore players this top five ten percent for the other 80 percent of the player base it was not a casual thing it was very difficult so what they're doing with live foot friendlies here is they're kind of creating a bit of a tournament structure by introducing objectives and pairing that with a four match limit which is quite like a tournament if you think about it, but they're not going the whole hog and saying, well, you know, this is how we're going to structure our competitive scene. This is going to be the fundamental cornerstone of how people play foot. And the fact that it's alive friendly and it only lasts a certain amount of time means they are going to get the volume of players to come into this and try it and, and do it, which a casual mode in quotes, in my opinion, doesn't drive enough people to it because the rewards are never going to be that amazing. And then on the other hand, you've got this situation where if you make the rewards better, then it's really sweaty. So you're stuck in this situation where can you have both? It becomes very difficult. So I think what they've tried to do here is to balance the two and say, well, let's create some requirements. Let's have a four game limit. Let's put objectives in there to to add to that and see whether we can come up with a way of making things a little bit less competitive in its base idea but then build a bit of competitive into there as well so sorry that was quite a ramble for me just explaining where this kind of comes from i suppose for those who may be not so aware matt i don't know whether you're one of those people on twitter who likes to bang on about the dkt and how do you feel about this option 
I'm certainly one to bang on about the old school tournaments we had in like FIFA 12 or the Gold Cup and Silver Cup, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. It's a casual mode that does reward the player. You know, it's not necessarily skill-based matchmaking, which I think is a, a big, big step in the right direction. I think it's good to have some modes within Fuck that reward the player, but you're not just playing the sweatiest opponents every time. It obviously depends on how regularly it's updated. You know, we said the same yeah. about the the FUT events you know it's got to be updated regularly to keep people engaged and it's got to give enough rewards and have you know enough content there that it, it makes it worthwhile to play but no i think i think it could be it could be a really really good little side aspect to the game it could add a little bit more depth you know in the in the screenshot they've shown that you have to use exactly a premier league silver team which i think is fantastic i've always called for being able to use you know, lower rated players use different players, fully utilize the entire depth of your club throughout the mode. So I think this probably will tick those boxes. So yeah, I'm, I'm really quite optimistic. And the fact that they're saying they're trying to replicate the experience of the old DKTs does sound quite promising. Marcus, where do you stand on this edition? I actually really like it. It brings bronze and silver players back into relevancy in terms of gameplay, but it doesn't put them in a game mode where it it forces them upon you like it did in the old foot champs kind of restrictions or requirements. And hopefully the rewards are good to raw people, but not too good so it doesn't make it extremely sweaty and you don't have almost really good players heading across there just to try and farm free rewards in a sense. And also I think it feels super sweaty. Uh, sorry, if the rewards are really good, it could impact the market. Maybe Matt would know more about that in terms of if you're going for the best players for a certain league from silvers only and it's a time-restricted thing. You know, I hope the rewards just aren't terrible because people should be rewarded, especially if they're casual mm-hmm. players getting into it. I really think it's a good thing. Uh, I literally just recently played with silvers in FIFA FIFA 20 and I can tell you how painful that was in Foot Champ. So it's, it's going to be good to have mm-hmm. a mode where you can go into and play against fellow people also using silvers. And just overall, there's, um, it seems to be just another game where there's quite a few options in terms of what you want to do and foot in terms of just gameplay now. So this is one of those little side things that might go unnoticed by a lot of people, but for the casual, it's going to be great. And also, when you're doing upgrade like SPCs, upgrade you know bronze to silver, if you're doing that big grind, it might be quite easy to eventually get players to make squads to actually compete in these, especially for Road to Glory. So overall... I'm going to say it's, it's good stuff from here. Nice. Well, that wraps us up for the main pod this week. But if you're a supporter, there will be an extra time podcast coming with more discussion around this topic of the Foot 21 pitch notes. We'll be covering the unique way that EA plan to upgrade some cards next year. And we'll talk about the transition to next gen. Loads of quality of life improvements, as well as whether the push towards manual FIFA is a good thing. All of that and more available from just $3 a month if you're not a supporter over at bit.ly slash morepod. And if you are a supporter, of course, a huge, huge thank you for making this podcast possible. It really means a huge amount. And finally, a big thanks to those icon patrons. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Hunter B, Alistair, Martin M, Chris W, Coach Fass, Matt L, Harry P, Sam B, Dean M, David S, Robbie S, Tom B, Jordan, Paul S, Yannick H, Rich T, Soviet Neil, Stephen F, Kieran M, Andrew L M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Damon H, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, Lee A, Paul, Dominic, 
Rob P, Michael, Adam W, Stephen M, David, Anthony R, Pobius, also ran, Jeff B, Roger D, Dan W, Eric T, Jason B, Matt H, Savage P, and Sam MG. A huge thanks, as always, for supporting the pod, and I'll look forward to catching you on the next one. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah, an upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. T-Mobile has been building America's largest 5G network for this epic 5G moment. Introducing the new iPhone 12 Pro. Now at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Download, upload, and game at 5G speed in more places. Unleash the power of iPhone 12 Pro with T-Mobile. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or feature. See T-Mobile.com.